everybody, to this week's episode of the Directed IRA Podcast. My name is Mark Kohler, a CPA and attorney practicing in the arena of self-directed IRAs for the last 20 years. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Matt Sorensen, author of the book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook, and I sound like a radio broadcaster. I mean, this sounds really cheesy. I'm like, man, you can reach us. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and this week's cheesy. episode is brought to you by Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim now. <laughs> I need to get one of those jerky Bigfoot commercial voices. Um, well, everybody, thanks for listening in. Yes, we are two hams. We are trying to be the best tax lawyers in America on this topic, but we also try to keep it fun and interesting. You're going to have to put up with some of our movie quotes and uh, mm-hmm. just uh, cheesy humor, but... The goal is, is to make this edutainment where you learn something incredible that can bless your life, make you uh, much more wealthy, help you live better, live the American dream, self-direct your retirement accounts is a huge part of that, and just have a little fun. So that's our goal. I love it. So um, today's topic is kind of an interesting one. This one can get a little nerdy. I'll admit that. So, you know, put on your glasses or, you know, do whatever things you you know, put on your, maybe put your pocket square in. I don't know. Whatever you do to nerd out. Nerdy meaning technical. Nerdy meaning could be a little technical. Yeah. But could be really powerful because this is where you can combine two of the things we love, small business ownership and self-directed IRAs. So we're going to talk about how your IRA can actually own a small business. And there's rules to this. There's going to, we're going to go over three common options on how you can actually execute and pull this off properly. And I think the one way you could look at this in a nerdy technical way and still feel feel pretty cool is think of yourself as Ben Affleck in the accountant. Um, and uh, it was fantastic. I watch it on a regular basis uh, to try to keep my uh, skills uh, with Trogmagon. I prefer to just watch Tom Cruise in The Firm, you know, the tax lawyer. It's true. You know, that was... You know, you kind of want to be more Tom Cruise in the firm than Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck was a little weird in the accountant, but that's because that's what the role calls for. Okay. You know what? You be Tom Cruise. I'll be Ben Affleck because <laughs> I thought Ben <laughs> Affleck was pretty smart. So, Deal. okay. Deal. Now, I also have a whiteboard that will uh, flip out, uh, will be switched with my image. We broadcast this on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher from a podcast standpoint, but this is also recorded and put on YouTube. All you have to do is get on YouTube and top, type Directed IRA Podcast or Sorensen Podcast, Kohler Podcast. You're going to see both of our uh, shows. We have the Main Street Business Podcast that's all about small business tax legal planning. Uh, we're going to cover all sorts of topics that don't involve self-directing, but this year in 2020, the year that will go down in infamy, uh, the COVID-19 year, we started the Directed IRA podcast. So lots of episodes there. You can watch us on YouTube. And if you want to see the visual representation of my whiteboard, as the amazing Matt Sorensen takes us through these topics, uh, you can go to YouTube. So Matt's really the, I'm following his lead today. This is his wheelhouse. And so last week on Main Street, we talked about year-end tax strategies and I kind of got to shine there. So I'm going to let Matt shine. That's right. Yeah. I was, yeah, you were lead actor. I was best supporting actor. So, Uh, (laughs) all right. Um, Let me say this from the outset. It's easy to invest your IRA into a company where you're just an investor, where it's like, you're not working in the business. um, You don't own it a hundred percent. You're just, Hey, there's someone else running it. They're selling shares. They need some cash investors. Let me throw my IRA in. Rules are so much easier. Well, but when someone comes to us, no, no, and let me say that could be a rental property business that yeah. a passive business as well. Now you can own a passive business, but this yeah. whole show is about an operational business. Maybe make that distinction too, Matt. Yeah. About an operational business and particularly like the small business that you're going to own the majority of it. Okay. Uh, we talked last week about, you could partner in on like, you know, you could own 20% of a company, you know? And that's totally fine. Actually, that was two weeks ago. But now I'm talking about, all right, Matt, what if I want to own like most of it? I want my IRA or retirement account to put in all the money and own this thing outright or be the 50% or more owner. 
How can I pull it off? What are the rules? And work the business. That, that's a key thing. And, and I want to provide a distinction if I can try to do it. And I'm going to go to the whiteboard now and, and use this as, I think, a, a, an example that will help many of you understand. Um, this would be like, I'm going to put a line down the middle of the paper here. And this would be operational. And on the right side would be passive. So your IRA or 401k or SEP or Roth or Simple or any of these types of tax-deferred structures can invest in part or in whole into an entity where you buy real estate, currency, uh, invest in raw land, developed land, rent property, all sorts of passive activities. That's not today's topic. I put a big line through that. We're talking about, I want to run a business, and not only do I want to be a player in this business, I want to be a majority owner and more than likely work in this business. I need my IRA or 401k to be the capital behind a new business, and me as a person is going to work it. Is that even allowed? And what are my options? Yeah. So okay, let's go. Yep. Let's run an example. Let's say that you let's say that um, you want to buy a franchise. Okay, we get this call quite a bit as a consult. Someone comes in, they say, "Hey, Matt, I want to buy this franchise business. Two hundred grand they need that I need. That's going to buy the franchise. It's going to get my initial inventory or build out. Just an example here. Okay. And um, I need to be involved in this business to some degree. Now we're going to get to the degree you're going to be involved here because there's different options. But let's just start with that premise that you're buying a franchise business. And this could be any small business, but let's just work with me here, okay? And this okay. is an example, all right? I'm diagramming this out. This is Pictionary at its best. So okay. this is good. Okay. So when a client comes in, I'm going to tell you, you've got three lanes you can do this in, okay? You've got door number one, door number two, and door number three you can walk into to do this type of a deal. It depends on, frankly... How involved do you want to be in this in operating this business? Okay. Now let's go through. Now, why don't you give the three just okay. in general? Then we can deep okay. dive on each. Is that all right? All right. Okay. Let's, let's hit the three in general. Okay. The first is you're going to do something called a rollover on business startups. R-O-B-S. You're going to set up a C Corp. You're going to have a 401k plan. You can work in the business and take a salary. And it's the most complicated, but gives you the most flexibility if you really want to work in the business day to day. It's called Rob's. It's been around now for almost 10 years. We've helped clients do them in the past. Option one. Okay. And when we dive into it, we could give a referral or two of the companies we like that help administer that. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're going to come back to that. And that's where you are a full-time employee and your retirement account really owns the majority, if not 100% of the operation. Correct. Yeah. Okay. You just can own the whole thing, but it doesn't have to. Typically it will. Okay. All right. That's option one. Option two. Okay. Option two is I'm just going to have my IRA own an LLC. It may be taxed as a C Corp. And I'm not going to work this business day to day. I'm going to only be oversight and management. I'm not working in this day to day. This is a franchise or business that I can buy so you can be an absentee owner. You're not the manager of this business. You're not showing up to work every day for that business. Your IRA is basically just the cash investor. You have someone else that's managing the day-to-day -day operations of that business. Okay. And you're going to explain why we're going to use a C-Corp to do that shortly. Correct. Okay. We'll get to that. Yep. Because you don't want to pay UBIT tax, but we'll hit that. Okay. okay. All right. Option three. Now, these first two options we hit mean at the end of the day, you don't make profits when the retirement, sorry, when the business is profitable or is sold, your retirement account makes the money, right? Mm -hmm. Your retirement account owns both of those companies. Some people don't want that. Now, we love that, of course. That can be a great tax strategy. Some people are like, eh, I want to own this personally. I don't want to deal with all these restrictions on retirement accounts, but I need access to some money in my retirement account. What we're doing in that instance is probably set up a new S-Corp. 
maybe it's an LLC, but typically a new S corporation for your new business. Again, let's say it's the franchise. We're going to adopt a solo 401k. We're going to roll over your existing retirement plan dollars into the solo K, and you're going to take a loan of 50,000 bucks from the solo K to yourself, which you can then fund into the S corp or operational business that's going to be owning the franchise. Now you've at least got access to 50 grand. You're not going to have all the rules and restrictions of retirement accounts because your retirement account doesn't own it. You just took the 50K loan, which is a provision you can do from your own 401k. But now you own this S corp. It's just a regular business that you personally own. Retirement account has funded a loan to you, again, that get you, got you at least 50K. Now that option's good. And I, when a client is like, I just want 50 and that's all I need. And I got a hundred thousand or more in my retirement account. I love to go down that lane first. Um, assuming you want to work in the business every day and own it personally. Okay. And I'm going to just, why don't we, okay. So all of you that were able to uh, get to a computer uh, and not be driving down the road or on a treadmill and watch this on YouTube, the link is down there below in the description. Uh, you will have seen me show three different columns of options. And I'm going to suggest, Matt, now that you put all three on the table, let's work backwards going through them. Because yeah. you just said with most people, we're going to typically start with option three because it's the simplest, easiest, and gives you the most flexibility uh, to get a business off the ground by yourself. But there's pros and cons with each option. Would that be okay? Yep. Let's start with three. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's go backwards. Love it. All right. So let's go back yep. to the whiteboard now. And I'm going to put pros and cons under this column three. Um, yep. Do you want to start with a couple? And I'll, I'll mention a pro or con in my, from my perspective too. Yep. Okay. Um, the pro, this is the easiest to pull off. Okay. Pro, easiest. Okay. There's not a lot of restrictions on it. Okay. So it's easier to pull off. Uh, I think a pro is you as the owner get all the profit and you get a salary. You get both. Mm -hmm. So fair enough, right? Yep. Okay. Less compliance to worry about. Okay. Less compliance. Um. Now, let me walk through this, what it is here in a sec. Do you want me to hit that? Yeah. Why don't you break down the steps too? Let's do that. Okay. okay. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to set up your new entity. This is generally going to be your S corporation. That's what most small business owners are going to recommend for great for tax planning when you're personally going to own a business. Now, remember in this option, the retirement account is not going to own and invest the business. We're main, mainly using the retirement account as a vehicle to get some cash out without taking a distribution. We're going to do the loan here that you can get up to 50 grand that can fund some of your startup and business expenses. So we set up an S-Corp. That S-Corp okay. is going to adopt a solo 401k plan. Step two, adopt solo 401k. Okay. We set those up at the law firm, S-Corps and solo Ks all day long. And the solo case can loan you as the 50 grand. Now, if you have an IRA or prior employer 401k, you just left corporate America and now you're starting your own small business, you can roll that in to your solo K. That, and now you I'm take gonna, the loan. I'm going to back you up. You said loan you money. Yeah. I think step three would be get money into the solo 401k. So right. I, okay. you were just saying that. So step three would be do a rollover from uh, old uh, old 401k, IRA, or even make a new contribution. But basically, you've got to fund this solo before it can even loan to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most people are going to be using retirement plan. They're not going to fund a new contribution to take a loan back out. But yeah. you would be funding it from existing law. So that would be step three. Then you're right. Step four would be loan yourself the money, which you can take half the balance of your 401k not to exceed 50 grand. So if you've got a 200,000 old employer 401k, you can roll the whole thing over and you can get half the balance of that not to exceed 50. In that example, you could get 50. If you've got a $80,000 401k or IRA laying around, half the balance not to exceed 50, you could take 40,000. That's half the balance as a loan. But you pay back over five years. Okay. Five-year term. What's the interest rate? Prime plus 2%. So okay. prime's pretty dang low right now. You're looking maybe 5% total is the rate. Right. But again, 
you're paying back your own 401k and you're taking an interest expense in the business for using your own 401k dollars. Okay. Off the whiteboard for a moment. What One thing I want to remind everybody is don't get confused with the CARES Act and this crazy COVID year. You may have heard in the news, oh, the country has been you know demolished or majorly impacted with this pandemic. You can borrow up to a hundred grand out of your 401k. And that was a temporary thing in 2020. That ended in approximately yeah. October, right, Matt, of 2020? Yeah. yeah, end of September. Yep. Okay. So don't think that's still on the table. It's not. We're back now to the $50,000 rule. Now, at the time of this recording, there is another stimulus package, I guess, for lack of a better word, or a PPP program. It's going to have a variety of things in it, probably some unemployment yeah. and all those goodies. There might be another extension of this provision. We don't know. But under generally accepted rules for the last 20 years or more, it's been a 50% or 50 grand, whichever's less. So don't get confused there. Now, Matt, from an accounting standpoint, I'm going to put step five as the CPA in the house. Let's go back to the whiteboard. When the 401k loans to you, the person, Step five is a contribution to the S-Corp. That's going to be booked as a capital contribution. So there's a contribution or you can, what I'd like to do is book it as a loan on the books of the S-Corp. So even though the loan is to you, which is technically required, you can, can let the interest be paid on the loan by the corporation. Now, that's a nice benefit because the corporation gets the tax write-off for the interest that goes back to your 401k tax-free. So now your 401k is earning prime plus two. Your corporation is getting a write-off as a business loan expense. But there is this clunky step where the documents show a loan to you as a person, but your corporation is going to book that loan on the books of the corporation. Now, accountants aren't going to have a problem with this. This is not a publicly traded corporation. It's a privately held corporation. This is not an IRS problem. But your accountant's got to know this is a loan back to the 401k that your corporation is servicing. Anything you want to add to that, Matt? Yeah, no, love that. Yeah, and when Mark says contribution to S-Corp, don't get confused with retirement plan contributions. This is just a funding, you're basically, you're, putting the money into the S corporation, just yeah. depositing it into the S corporation's bank account. Okay. Now, now, when you're operating this business, one nice thing about this is it's just an S corp. Okay. You're just doing regular tax planning, all the stuff Mark and I are always talking about. You're doing your salary dividend split. You don't have any restrictions on how much salary you can take, which we're going to have to hit in some of the other options later. So it's, it's a lot more flexible and fluid. It's kind of like the regular small business now. You just happen to fund it with 50000 from your old employer 401k without taking a distribution. Okay. Now, before we get to the major con here, because everybody's like, oh my gosh, this sounds great. <laughs> you probably already noticed the con, but I'm going to throw it out. Matt <laughs> gets to be the good cop today. I'll be the bad cop. I'll tell you the okay. con here in a moment. But first, another question. How, what are the, what's the payment schedule? Can I make a balloon payment in five years or do I have to make monthly or quarterly payments annual? Yeah, you have to at least make quarterly payments. So you can do monthly on your the five-year loan that you're you know paying back that 50K to your 401k, um, but you can't just do a lump sum at the end of five. So you're making, you'll have to amortize it, do a payment schedule, pay it over five years. We help with those two at, at KQS Lawyers and Directed IRA. When you do this alone from your solo K, we can help with the loan doc if you need to, and we'll do the payment schedule. Well, Matt, that's a good point. I was just going to go there. For any of you that are like, okay, where do I start? Let's summarize here. And I want to give you a few referral procedures here. If you're going to set up a new S-Corp for this, call our office, KQS Lawyers, information down below, and get an hour with an attorney, explain what you're doing. And they're going to answer a lot of your questions along the way. All of our six tax attorneys on staff can walk you through this. So that's step one, just make an appointment to get your S-Corp up. Number two, we have a 401k setup uh, solution. We have a DIY do-it-yourself for 500 bucks, and then the attorney-assisted full service where you get another hour with the attorney walking you through the 401k process. If you're going to do this loan and it's a little tricky, I would recommend the full service. You're going to talk to Solana. 
She's our uh, paralegal administrator that gets the 401ks off the ground. So when you call the office, you'll set up an hour for your S-Corp and then maybe set up some time for the 401k follow-up call and you can start getting applications going. Once those two structures are set up, the S-Corp and the solo, step three is you can start moving money into the 401k. And that's where directed IRA is the administrator is your I guess third party, Matt. What do you like to call directed IRA in their role? What's the title for their? Well, role? on the solo K, we if you we will serve as custodian for your solo K account, so and we will record keep it and do your statements and do some reporting to the IRS for it. So, um, so yeah, we're helping make sure that stays in compliance, and of course, updating your plan as the IRS does require every six years. So, um, so that's you know that's that's the role directed place. Yeah. So and, and Matt, can I say? Just wanted to go yeah. and then number four. When you say, well, how do I do this loan in the binder that you get for your 401k, there's a, a procedure that's set forth for you. And Solana or the attorney that's helping you set up the 401k will say, pull this out, write up a note, and you're, you don't have to go to a bank. You don't have to apply with anybody. It's, it's your 401k and you approve the loan to yourself and you're going to do it. Then once you execute that loan, then you can direct the custodian, directed IRA, to say, hey, I'm ready for my 50 grand or whatever that number is. And then they'll send you the money. And this yep. whole process might take two weeks, two to three. We can rush it. We can, but I mean, that's kind of the yeah. steps. And then your money's in your escort. Matt, would you, anything you'd add to the steps and people to talk nope. to? No, nope. that's the process. Um, it's the, again, it's a, it's simpler. Now, there's a lot of stuff things going on here, right? You're starting a new business, you're accessing retirement plan dollars. Sometimes this sounds like a lot, but you're doing it in a tax efficient way. I think a lot of people, you know, there's $30 trillion in retirement accounts to start a business. This is like the nest egg where they've actually saved money that they could execute this, but we don't want to take a distribution and pull it out. If you're 40 years old, starting a, a new small business, you don't want a 10% early withdrawal penalty and have all the taxes due on that. At the same oh. time you're trying to business that could be brutal so we want tax efficient ways to do this so getting that 50k no 10 percent early withdrawal penalty should have been five thousand bucks no tax on it you're going to pay it back in if you don't pay it back in though by the way if you fail on the loan then it is considered a distribution yeah and matt you just said something i want to highlight here probably on a once a month basis i hear of nightmare stories where and i'm just going to be blunt i'm going to offend someone here but I hear nightmare stories of financial advisors, typically people peddling, sorry, persuading clients to buy life insurance will actually encourage people to take money out of their 401k and pay the penalty and the tax just to create some sort of infinite banking insurance strategy. Now, I'm not saying infinite banking and life insurance and whole life and all those little variables. And I know them very well. They work. But I would really get a second or third opinion and encourage you not to drain a retirement account and pay penalties and tax to fund something like that. Be very, very careful before you go down that path. So this is a non-penalty, non-taxable scenario that gives you a lot of flexibility, and I love it. Okay, the con. Do I have to say the con? Yeah, it's right in front of everyone. Here's the con. It's 50 grand. (laughs) Many of you are like, that's not enough to start a business. And it may not be. Now, we've done a lot of shows in the past on how to start a small business and a side hustle for less than $1,000. We've done shows on less than $10,000. There's businesses out there you might be able to get started right away. And there's franchises that do have a franchise fee less than $50,000. You're not going out and starting a McDonald's where you need half a mil. So this this is... this could be a really good fit if you can work under the cap of 50000 Um, So don't get frustrated there. And I would throw out, Matt, you could borrow from other people's 401ks. You may say, Absolutely. well, I could do this for hundred grand." Well, borrow fifty grand from someone else's 401k. As long as or, they're not a prohibited party, this could be a good fit. Yeah, here's one I've done. You got a spouse that has an old IRA or 401k? We're going to roll that into the solo K2 and you each do 50,000 out. Now you got a hundred grand. So, um, so there's, there's lots of other ways. And a lot of times that 50 grand, or maybe you got a spouse again, you got a hundred grand. Maybe you've got another 50 grand of personal cash already. Maybe you can take a home equity line of credit. I mean, 
once you start tapping all your resources, this is just one of those things you're using to get this business off the ground. Oh, and, and so like, oh, one of the best strategies is get your um, ex-wife or ex-husband to loan you the 50 grand and then just don't pay him back. And I love that. That's a, that really, it, it's a yeah. winner. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of takers on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> don't, you know, do it on a napkin, uh, go to Denny's and say, I got a deal for you. Do you want to loan me money? Never use the I word investor. You're just going to borrow money. And, and then you could screw them over later. I, I think it could really help you capitalize your business quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. Mark right Kohler here. with the hot tip today. Okay. All right. <laughs> we do not do divorce law or settle those disputes. Let me just remind we, you. We um, don't care because if they get pissed, you call it your divorce lawyer, not us. Our job is just to get you money, you know? Yeah. So, so don't blame me. Okay. okay. Let's, let's hit option, option two. two. Okay. okay. We got to, we got to move this along. Okay, oh, so option. I'm having fun. Gosh, I know geez. it's great. Right. I mean, it's great, but uh, you know, <laughs> you get two guys that bill by the hour together, and they can make podcasts go forever. Uh, <laughs> okay, twenty years option of billing two. by the hour. I'm going to go back to the whiteboard. Okay, okay. While you describe option two. I'm going to go back to the whiteboard. All right. All right. Now, sometimes we'll have clients that come to us, and this doesn't work for everyone. Let me say option two does not work for everyone, just like option three doesn't work for everyone, just like option one doesn't work for everyone. So, yeah. I, and I want that's you to why think. That's call it an option. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, here's the important part. I want to say this before I start option two. These, Each of these options, you have to color within the lines, okay? Don't take an option and be like, well, I'm going to do that option, but sort of. Okay, yeah, now this, you're doing one or the other. You got to fit in the box. Okay, it's unfortunate, but it's how the tax code works. You got to fit it in the box. Option two okay. if you're in the scenario where you say, Hey, I don't need to run the business day to day, I this is a business I can buy. Maybe it's an existing small business or an existing franchise or new, whatever, but there's someone else that's going to be day to day manager of this. What we like to do is just you can set up an LLC 100% owned by your IRA. You're the manager of it. You get no salary or compensation because you can't. And it could be salary. IRA or 401k. IRA or right? 401k. It be IRA or 401k, even a solo any 401k. Retirement account. Yeah, any okay. retirement account. Your HSA, heck, you know. And you've got a day-to-day -day manager, though, of that business. It's work in the business. You know, this is the operational business, again, we're talking about here. So it requires boots on the ground. Now you can be involved. You can check on things. You can be following up with the manager on a you know monthly or weekly basis to make sure everything's going okay. That's all right. You can be checking financials and signing off on important items. That's okay. But this cannot be a job. You have to basically be in an administrative and management role in this business. You're not day-to-day -day working in it. Now, that is a privative transaction issue. The reason we're saying that is because of the privative transaction rules, if you're like, what the heck is that? Go back to our podcast on private transactions. You can't pay yourself from your IRA or a company your IRA owns a salary or any compensation that's prohibited. Um, nor can you put physical work and labor into a business that your retirement account owns, okay? Unless you got the right structure. This structure is not one that you can work in every day. You are restricted to management and administrative oversight in this option. But I run into clients who this one works for. They're like, I wasn't gonna work in this business. I don't want to, this is just strictly an investment. It's got management or people who already run it, or I'm gonna hire so-and-so that's gonna manage it. I'm just, my IRA is just acting as the investor to acquire. Okay, now I'm gonna add a few things here. The third party manager that's gonna run the show for you cannot be your spouse, yep. a child, or a parent. And we go through in a separate podcast on prohibited transactions and parties. We'd recommend you go back to that so that you kind of know what's going on there. And, and this does kind of relate to the passive businesses as well. Whether it's operational or passive, you can't be an employee. You can't hire your spouse, child, or parent to be an employee. So you want to know that, make sure that that third-party manager is there. And keep in mind, this is also not a loan. you got to get out of that loan mindset. 
your retirement right. account is going to invest. And this is where it's an okay point to use the I word now. Your retirement yep. account is going to be an investor and it's going to invest in the business and be typically the 100% owner unless you pool it with some other retirement accounts. And it's okay if you do. If you want to bring in yeah. multiple retirement accounts, you can bring in spouse and mom yeah. and dad and kids to be partners in this entity that's operational. Yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. you can do any amount. You can go up to a million dollars or more. We don't care. Whatever the dollar amount is needed. But, Matt, what's the con? Starts All with right. a letter named U. Okay, yeah. Now, we know you can't work in it. We already escaped that con. That's the other one is, yeah. yeah, there's a tax called UBIT, unrelated business income tax, when your IRA is getting profits from owning a business, an operational business. See, retirement accounts are designed to receive investment income, like rental income, interest income, capital gain income dividend income, you know, that's all investment income. That's what a lot of self-directed investors get. But when you own a small business, it's it's getting passed through income that passes down to the owner is just business income. This is where this unrelated business income tax applies, which is 37% that your IRA ends up paying. Now there's a workaround to this. Okay. Or, so you're not going to get or, out of all the tax. Now, hold on. Let's just break a little baby yeah. step there. So who, whatever retirement account, I'm going to say it a different way. Whatever retirement account owns this business because it's operational and they want to make it fair with all the other operational businesses in town. If your IRA buys a restaurant, then you got to pay taxes like all the other restaurant owners. But if you buy mm -hmm. an apartment building, you don't have to pay tax because that's passive. That's an investment. So there's none of this UBIT crap when it comes to that operational. There might be UDFI topic for another day, but there's no UBIT on an operational business, uh, on a passive business, it's on operations because they want to level the playing field. You can't have an Italian restaurant down the street that doesn't pay tax and compete against John Doe down the street with his Italian restaurant. So they want to level it with this UBIT tax and you don't pay it. Like Matt just said, your retirement yeah. account pays it at the end of the year and it sucks. And it's up to 37%. That's UBIT. And then Matt was just about to give us the workaround. Yeah. And I don't think that restaurant would be John Doe's restaurant. Maybe like uh, Don Corleone's restaurant or mm. something. I, don't know. I like, yeah. Don Corleone. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go to John Doe's Italian. I'd go to Don Corleone's Italian. Okay. Fair That's enough. right. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely not Walt Um Okay. Here's the solution, though. You can take corporate tax instead of UBIT tax. So what you can do is you can add a C-Corp blocker is what we call it. There's a whole chapter in my book on this, on blocker corporations. Um, you can add what's called a C-Corp blocker on the LLC. So we just add an election to the LLC to tax it like a C-Corp. Now, when the business is, has profits, it's going to pay corporate tax at 21%. That's the current corporate tax rate. If you're in a state that has corporate tax, you have to pay that too. Um, but let's see, say you got 21% corporate tax. Then profits after corporate taxes are paid passed down to the IRA with no UBIT. So I, now I'm getting out of 37% for 21%. I basically save 16% in tax. So that's the structure we like to do where you can have an operational business. You're going to sit on it and cash flow it over time. Um, that's the structure we like. Now, I have had clients buy operational businesses with their one client with a Roth IRA. He owned it for a couple of years. He did not want to cash flow the business. He's like, I'm going to turn this thing around and I'm going to sell it for a profit to someone else. It's exactly what he did. Now, he didn't work the business that already had current employees and management. It was, you know, I had maybe 10 or 15 employees already that ran it. And he was able to sell it a couple years later and get the profit all back in his rock. Now, when he sold the business, that was capital gains. Okay. So if your intent is to own a business and maybe flip it later, you may not add the C-Corp blocker. You may just be an LLC because you're not going to have profits coming through year to year that's going to crush you. You may just get capital gain on the way out and selling it to someone else. If you're going to cash flow and own the business long term, though, we generally add the C-Corp blocker so you pay 21% instead of 37. 
Now, if you're on YouTube, you're going to love this diagram. Let's keep the whiteboard up for a moment. You see that the red is the C-Corp blocker at 21% paid before it goes to the retirement account. Now, why that works is because the retirement account is now just getting a dividend. The C-Corp pays its tax. Retirement account just got a dividend like it owned Facebook. So there's no tax down there. Then... If you don't use the blocker, you see in blue, I have UBIT that's actually paid down at the retirement account level of 37%. Or we have the escape hatch in green, where we have this arrow go over here and show selling the business for capital gain for a max of 20%. Now, man, I got a question for you, because this is where one might go, well, if the blocker's 21% and capital gain's 20, that's not much of a difference true. Yeah. But what about state taxes? Does state apply to UBIT? Is there a state on top of UBIT? Yes. Many states have a UBIT tax. I shouldn't say many. Some do. Think of the usual suspects, California, Illinois, Massachusetts. Many states don't know. So some states have a carry on. It's kind of like a, if you have it, if you're subject to it federally, you're subject to it in that state. So a lot of times your UBIT could be more than 37%. And that goes for capital gain, everybody. So down in green, I'm going to say max 20% Fed plus state, question mark. Then in blue, I'm going to do UBIT plus state, question mark. And then in red, I'm going to put C-Corp because C-Corporations pay state tax as well. So you got plus state here. Now, I want to throw this out. Some of you may go, oh my gosh, this is so complicated, blah, blah, blah. But here's the point. This isn't too bad. When you sit down and go, I need to fund a business. I need 200 grand to do it. The loan things isn't going to work. I want all the profit in the 401k or retirement account anyway. And so I'm going to run this bad boy through through the retirement account. I'm not going to be involved. Just put together a spreadsheet. And you're going to say, hypothetical, we made 100 grand. What's the tax in this column? What's the tax in this column? And what's the tax in this column? And this is what a consultation is about when you call us. We look at it yeah. and say, okay, here's your you know scenario ABC. And then under option two, these variations of option two, we can choose the one that's best for you. And then you can go, yeah. oh, here's where I'm going to go. Let me give another example of a client that I have that did this option. I have a client that uh, is a home builder. And... You know, he builds so many homes and does so many with his Roth IRA, he's going to have UBIT. So when he does this LLC structure that his Roth IRA owns, and he's building and selling houses, and he's doing a lot of them, he's going to have UBIT at 37%. To him, this Roth IRA with the C-Corp locker at 21% is a goldmine. He loves it because he's like, wait a second. If I build 10 homes over here per year in this LLC owned by my IRA, and I, I have general contractors that do it. I just go hire it out. And, I, you know, I know the people and they know me. We, I run the deals. I fund them, build the houses, sell them. I got the team. He's not working it day to day, right? Um, he's like, if I did that personally, by the time I pay my federal taxes on it, he's like, this is a way better deal doing it in my IRA. It's going to come out tax-free after I pay the 21% rather than max rate, which he's at on the individual level. Not to mention he's going to have some self-employment tax because he's got to get a little, you know. So he is, he loves that structure. Um, you know easy example. Is, and I don't, I'm not, I'm being a little weird right now. I don't want to say this to quote unquote pat myself or whatever on the back. But you know what's awesome? I And I... <laughs> I just love you, Matt. What's cool is in this show, many of you don't realize we don't start with a script. We don't need some like today. We're like, yeah, we don't have time. Many of you are surprised to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Many people are like, oh my gosh, you guys sound so scripted. <laughs> no, but, but what I was trying to, <laughs> of course not. Uh, but what I was saying is I learned stuff from Matt on this show. He brings up points that I wouldn't bring up. And I know I bring up points he wouldn't bring up. And the synergy yeah. here is really quite amazing. Like this is this is really fun. And the whiteboard with these different colors and everything really, I think, explain this well. And I really, really encourage all of you to try to get over to YouTube. And when you do, please subscribe and hit the bell icon because every time we shoot a new podcast on video, 
you'll get a ping and you'll go, oh, I can watch that while I'm doing some work or returning some emails. Okay, now I wanted to say two things that, because I loved what Matt just said about the example of the contractor. But Matt said two things in there that are kind of subtle that I think need to be um, blown up here um, or exemplified. One is Matt said Roth. Now that's really important because if I'm going to pay this C-Corp blocker, there are naysayers out there that go, well, you paid 21% at the corporate level. Now it goes into your traditional IRA or 401k. When you turn 59 and a half, you're going to pay tax again. So did you really accomplish much? Well, you have to think about the fact that if I'm investing in Facebook or Microsoft, they are paying tax and I get a dividend. Yeah. So you have to look at, don't hyper-focus on the tax, hyper-focus on your rate of return. If this money is going to make you 20, 30% per year rather than 8% in a mutual fund or an ETF or a dividend with IBM, you're going to go, holy crap, after the blocker, I'm still making 15%? That's what's important. You're focusing on the rate of return, not the taxes per se. Number two, Matt didn't say the word, but I want to say it, and that's opportunity shifting. When we meet with a contract, I had a call with a client this week and they were saying, well, this, what did they say? They said this year, this was two days ago. Um, I'm going to not mention their name or what region of the country that last year they did about 24, uh, wholesale deals. They made approximately 250 grand on average. They made about $10,000 per wholesale this mm-hmm. year. They said in 2021 coming up. We're going to be able to do 50 wholesales. We're really doubling down on our system, the process. We've really figured it out. I was like, great. And they said, Mark, how do we save tax on this? I said, don't do 50. I was like, hold it. We, what are you, stupid? <laughs> we, we, we see these deals in front of us. And I go, no, 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 no. Let's take all of the kids' Roth, your Roth, your retirement accounts, pool them into another sister LLC, and let's do 24 of them in your same old structure but let's do the next 24 in your retirement account. Now we may need to do a blocker and they may have a lot of activity there. And we're going to talk about that. Sometimes wholesales are not going to be subject to you. It depends on the frequency and a variety of factors. But the point is don't try and do every deal. Let your retirement account do some of these. So I love Matt's example of this contractor that said, you know what? I don't need to build every freaking house. I'm going to form an entity, hire a friend of mine that's a contractor and let him do the deal. Yeah, I'm not going to make as much, oh, but I'm still going to kill it compared to a stupid mutual fund. That's the point. So. Yep, exactly. Um, and it's way better in his scenario than just making the money personally. You know, oh. and just it's, I mean, so, okay. That's, so that's option two. Again, pros are, um, this is easier than option three. It's not, it's kind of medium easy. I'll say, you know, yeah. it's not like the S corp that you just own and you got a loan from your 401k to fund it. And kind of you're off and running now. This takes a little more work because your retirement account still owns it. You might need to add the C corp blocker. Like we talked about, cause you might have UBIT tax in the operational business. It's likely you will. Um, it's cheaper to set up than option three as well. So it's kind of got medium complexity. Now, of course, the con is you can't work day-to-day in the business. This only works for the absentee owner type business where you've got someone else running it. You're just on the sidelines, you know, manager, you know, kind of overseeing things, checking on stuff. Okay. I also no salary. pro has no cap in the dollars invested. Right. And you can do as much as you want. There's no 50,000 limit. Um. I'm going to say um, a, um, gosh darn it, I had a pro or a con. Which one was it? I had a good one. <laughs> it was a pro. Um, oh, here's the pro in my opinion. This is where you're really looking, people, and I'm going to say it one more time a different way. If you've got 300 grand sitting in an old 401k from a prior job, we see that every hour of the day. Claws from clients right. around the country going, I've got this old 401k. I'm thinking about self-directing. What are my options? It, 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 every day, every hour. Here's what I want you to focus on. 
what are my options for this 300 grand? I could go out and risk it all and buy Bitcoin, who's on an all-time high this week. This may not be the week to buy. <laughs> you could say, I'm going to go buy an ETF, which um, uh, a lot of savvy investors or Warren Buffett would say, just stick with low, no-load ETFs. You're going to outperform everybody else every year. You could buy a mutual fund. Or, yeah, he's saying S and P five hundred ETF is yes, what yeah. thing, by the way. It, it, just, this is where I get hate mail, like you wouldn't believe on YouTube, when I suggest that you might be able to get a ten or fifteen percent return every year minimum by self directing. And so, if you know of an operational business where you could make twenty or thirty percent even after a blocker, that's what you're doing this for. That's why I like option two. Is because you can get a better rate of return in your retirement account. All right. Yep. Now we go okay. to option one, which is actually going to be probably the shortest of all the conversations. But Matt, break down option one for everybody. All right. Option one, this is if you're like, all right, I need a lot of money. And that's a pro. I need to work in the business. This is a pro to this option. You can do both. Get a lot of money. You can work in the business. This is called the rollover on business startups or ROBS. This has been litigated by the IRS and taxpayers quite a bit. The IRS did an audit, you know, rush on it about seven or eight years ago. The strategy is legit, but you guys make sure, again, this is like coloring within the lines, okay? Don't color outside the lines on this strategy or you'll mess it up. Now, it takes intricate steps to execute. Let me walk you through. Let's do step one again. Okay. You are going to set up a C-Corp. Okay. It could be an LLC tax, a C Corp or a C Corp. Now this is where you get people that don't want to color lines. Matt, I want to do an S Corp though. I've heard you guys talk about S Corps. That oh, doesn't work. Nope. Okay. It's, no. It has to be a C Corp for the tax rules and the exceptions and exemptions that make this work. It's a C Corp. Okay. We don't like it either. We wouldn't do it if we didn't have to, but it, this is what works in this scenario. You're going to do a C Corp. Option two, you have step to create two. a 401 k Sorry. Step yes, two. Step two. Step two, sorry. Step two. Um, Typically not a, a solo. Is it? A solo? Yeah. It's not usually it a solo. Be. It could be at the beginning, but you're going to have to be able to allow it to add employees. So you're not going to treat it like a solo, but where you're throwing in 57000 a year. Again, you're using this 401k to fund the business. So you're not using it more of a tax strategy to, to throw in fifty-seven grand like a lot of clients do for a solo K. You're using this as a mechanism to roll dollars in. So step two is you're setting up, let's just say, a 401k. Okay. Step three, you're going to roll over dollars from existing retirement accounts, IRA or old employer 401k, into this new 401k. Now, remember, this new 401k is a 401k adopted by the new business, which is a C-Corp that you set up in step one. I Mark probably got that diagram pretty well. Yes, I'm rolling with you, bud. <laughs> For the podcast, I need that. Okay, and then I love this. This is we're like, you know, we is there like a Pictionary game where one person talks and the other person draws, and I don't know. Is there some type really of cool? Yeah, I mean, we could probably <laughs> probably be pretty good. We could go to cha national championships on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So we got the money rolled over in step three. Step four is that 401k is going to buy stock in the C-Corp you just set up. It's going to become the owner of the C-Corp. When you set up that C-Corp to begin with, stock hadn't been issued yet. Okay. The owner of this stock is going to be the 401k plan at the end of the game here. Isn't there a unique name for the, the name of that Um transaction maybe i'm getting too nerdy employer stock. yeah it's an employer stock purchase okay okay the 401k is going to have you're going to have an account in the 401k that your dollar is getting rolled in and you're considered an employee of this company and you're directing your account to buy employer issued stock so is that an esop is what i'm getting at yes employee stock ownership plan yes so that's the ex exception you're falling under here where your retirement account can own stock in the business. And this is the critical part. You get to be an employee 
to work in it and get a salary. Now, I'm just going to say this right off the bat, is this makes life simple. This is very, very similar to option three that we talked about first, except there's no cap on the amount of money you could use to start this business. And it's not a loan, but it's it's similar. You're going to still be an employee. You're going to run the business, but the owner is not you any longer. It's the retirement account. And you don't have this $50,000 loan limit. And so people mm-hmm. that want, and they may go to a, reti- a, a franchise fair and go, ooh, look at all these cool franchises. And I got a 401k over here that can buy that in a heartbeat. But a lot of franchises require the owner operator to go through training and be integrated into the business. And so you're going to hit a $50,000 cap problem with the loan. And you're going to have to be an owner operator to qualify to run the business. You have to go to McDonald's University and all that. And you're like, Ugh, what am I going to do? And that's where the ROBS is a very, very powerful solution. It's been used for years and it's really quite phenomenal. The con cost to set up. It, it, and it's just the most complex of them. Yeah, you're going to run about 5K in fees to set it up. It requires a new C-Corp that has some unique stuff in it. It requires a 401k plan that has some unique stuff in it. Um, it requires a little more hand-holding than any of the other steps. And I shouldn't say a little more, a lot more. And your accountant, whoever your accountant is or CPA, needs to understand the structure. Because the tax reporting on this structure is the second con. It ain't easy. It's not the regular type of tax reporting you might be used to. The 401k is going to have a tax filing, a 5,500 it files. The C Corp is going to have a return that the account needs to be a little more careful about because this does have this ESOP employee stock purchased by the 401k. Um, And the amount of salary you can take is pretty tricky. The IRS doesn't let you just go in and take a a $300,000 a year salary from this. Okay. In fact, I'll give you a little nerdy point is that your salary cannot exceed the profit of the company and still needs to be reasonable. So if you go, well, I need to get paid this year and you're running a loss, that's not allowed in a ROBS. You don't get a salary if the company's not at least making money. Because think about it. If you're taking a salary and the company's not making money, doesn't that mean you're really using the 401k to give you a paycheck? That's yeah. what they're trying to avoid. So they say, you and the IRS- profitable, but you got to work your A off. So you may be working for your 401k. Now that's not a bad thing either. A lot of people love this strategy because you're building value in the 401k. This business might have a wonderful exit strategy. It could get snapped up under a capital gain treatment. And it's wonderful in a lot of ways. So we're not poo-pooing it. Now, the company we love for this, and we've had the CEO on our show before, and I've been to their corporate headquarters multiple times, is Guidant. Guidant, they're up in uh, Bellevue, actually, somewhat Think of that as Seattle. But if you know the Northwest area, it's it's spelled Bellevue, B-L-L-E-V-U-E, Bellevue. That's how it's pronounced. They're, they know what they're doing. They are fantastic. They have lawyers on staff. They represent you if there's a problem. And they've cracked the code on this. We do not do this structure at KQS Lawyers. We can help with the accounting reporting and advise you on that if you want to go for it and have questions and you just feel like we speak a little more English at times, you can call us. But um, I, I mean, yeah. it's not, the, it's a pro. What would you say the pros are? I mean, did I hit them all, Matt? Or? Yeah, I mean, the pro is a limited amount of money. I guess the limit is how much is in your retirement account that you can use to fund. You can work in the business. You can get a salary. Once the company starts getting some revenue and operations, the IRS has said you can't just open up and day one start sucking out a salary when the company's not even making any money. So you've got to have revenue in the company to start pulling the salary out. Um, and then, of course, the cons are the cost and documentation and compliance of it. Now, there's maybe one other con on the long term that I'll note. I did have a client who did one of these structures and did like a kind of bar and grill in a mountain town, um, got got it pretty successful, got a liquor license, which was tough in this area, and um, ended up selling the business. Now, one of his things, and he went into this eyewise open, you know, I mean, he got consulted. We actually advised him at the front end of this. And, but when he sold the business, here's what happened. Someone else came and bought it. So now remember, this is a C-Corp. 
He's going to sell the business. He's going to have capital gain. They didn't want to buy the C-Corp stock necessarily that is 401k owned. They wanted to buy assets of the business and stuff. And so he had some capital gain that had to be recognized that he didn't get cap gain rates. He got corporate tax, which is 21%, but still, you know, um, and so there's, there can be like in the long term on the selling business, you do need to be a little more strategic because you can have some tax pains on the way out. Um, and so when you add the C-Corp blocker, this is when you're looking between option one and two. If you're kind of like, well, I could work in the business and get a salary, or maybe I don't need to. If you cannot have to work in the business day to day and get a salary, I love option two, because if this is a business you want to sell later on, you don't have a C-Corp blocker. You don't need to worry about corporate tax on the sell. It can go straight to your retirement account. And if it's a Roth, no tax um, versus the Rob structure. Great. Cause it lets you work in it and get a salary, but on the way out, because you had to have the C-Corp tax on it, it could be a little painful selling the business or the assets of it. Yeah. And what I'd add to Matt's comment is not every franchise is created equal. Uh, a franchise agreement under Chick-fil-A is very different than a franchise agreement under McDonald's. And that's just getting started. There's thousands of franchises out there. And mm -hmm. some people have said, they loved the franchise deal they did, and they are thrilled. It's been a blessing to their family and their legacy and their life. Other people are like, I bought into a franchise. All I did was buy myself a job. And and that, yeah. there could be some buyer's regret. So right now, more and more people are moving into the side hustle, side gig, trying to control their own destiny. When COVID hit, a lot of people's jobs were eliminated, put on hold. Uh, people were on unemployment for the first time in their lives. And they're like, I can't go down this path again. I got to be more self-sufficient. So they're taking these 401ks that they got yeah. out when they lost their job. And they're saying, what should I do with it? Um, to be blunt, we've been very, very busy. And companies like Guiding have been very busy helping people redeploy their retirement and uh reallocate it into a business that then can change their life and help them in a good way. But just mm -hmm. don't rush into it. Get a lot of opinions yeah. and interview people that have owned franchises and not even sometimes the same franchise you're going into and talk to other tax and legal advisors. Don't always take the advice from the person that's selling you the plan as gospel because yeah. they, they may have an ulterior motive for that particular structure. And I'm not saying that about guided. They do a great job or our firm. We're, we want to try to be as bipartisan as possible, which of course means we're going to give you your options, answer your questions and help you make what's best for you. But yeah. So yeah, we're focused on giving good tax and legal advice, but want you to do the due diligence too. And it, this could be any business. I mean, franchises have became very popular in the Rob structure. I'll say a lot of the franchises will promote say, Hey, you want to buy into our franchise? Do you have a prior retirement account? You can use this Rob structure. And so I wanted to just say that's one of three options. It can be great for the businesses you want to work at. You're looking forward to that day job. You want to get a salary. You're going to build up long-term wealth in the retirement account and the value of the business. You get some of the tax and compliance issues on it. Um, so, but remember, there's those two other options. Not everyone fits in option two and three that I talked about. You might have to go straight Rob's, but hope you can see the fair, the full spectrum of it and kind of pick the lane or door you want to go into as you're thinking about starting a small business with your self-directed IRA or 401k. Yeah. And I, and Matt, what would you say, you tell me, um, this is on the record. So everybody kind of gets this point too. Should we really be titling this starting an operational business with your self-directed IRA 401k? Because Again, a rental property structure is a, a small business. And also we don't, I don't know if we want to be small. You can, you can start a large business with, but it's, it's really about operational businesses. Would you say that's maybe one of the big takeaways of this topic? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the name starting a small business with your self-directed IRA or 401k for the topic, but you're right. It's, it's more than just a small business. It could be the big business. And and it's also, let's focus on the operational business. What you do with the rental property is in other podcasts. Um, we did the, you know, buying real estate with your IRA podcast. So if you're like, oh, I just want to do real estate, guys, go listen to the buying real estate with your IRA podcast episode. <laughs> we hammered that one. It's simpler. 
it's simpler. This is more difficult, but let's be honest, small business ownership is one of the great ways to build wealth. And if your retirement account is your only source of, of pulling this off, or it's your best source, I don't want to be like some people out there that are like, oh, don't do it. Hey, yeah. what, you know, like look at the options, analyze it, determine your opportunity, and then see if one of these three options we ran through works in your situation. Well, you heard it from the master, the number one educator in the country, Matt Sorensen, author of the best-selling book and the most sold book on this topic, the SDIRA Handbook. You can pick up a copy at sdirahandbook.com. It's a tongue twister, Matt. Um, but I just think Matt does a fantastic job explaining this. So hopefully this was a big help to you. Thanks for listening or watching. Get over to YouTube and watch my amazing Pictionary skills if you have a chance. And uh, catch us next week. Please subscribe. If you've enjoyed this, give it five stars. Share it with your friends and family. Just trying to make the world a better place. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.